When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is up? Welcome to episode number 250 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the Scott Stapp loving Nick Pollock. How you doing, How Nick? How dare you? What is happening? Don't don't say that. I am so tempted to... Are- <laughs> I, I know you already know of this, but I'm so tempted to make you listen to Scott Stapp's Marlins song, oh, Marlins Will Soar, live on the podcast for the very first time. Uh, oh, but I won't, I won't subject that to you because we have so many other big things to talk about. It's a milestone episode for us. It's 2.50. And mm. to celebrate this milestone episode, we're going to be talking about a new updated rankings yes. from you. How did you, how did you, how'd you feel? I, I felt like I wasn't Scott Stapp because Scott Stapp is the worst. Like, no, I don't like Scott Stapp. I just want to make sure that's understood. Okay. You, you came out here and said, Scott Stapp loving. I got to correct this. Yeah. You said you don't like him. So you love him. Yeah. <laughs> the musicians of Creed aren't bad and Alter Bridge is great, but Scott Stapp is not, not a positive. However, this list certainly is and a positive for many guys, and we're going to talk about it. I'm excited to have this update. I uh, it's a, it's a month after I put out the you know, thirty thousand word article, the top two hundred starters. Mm. Uh, things have changed. There have also been a, a lot of back and forths. Have been very productive uh, as they always are about certain guys, and I've changed my approach a little bit, but nothing too drastic. I don't think. Uh, the general philosophies that we'll talk about a little bit about how this is made and the the draft approach that we don't necessarily see eye to eye on, and that's fine. But I'm going to stick to my guns here. No, that's good. I, I mean, there's well, there's a few things too before we get to the list, and now everyone knows what we're going to be talking about today. But there's a few things before we even get there. One, if you're not on PL Plus right now, you should be because I mean, Seriously, it's just like it, all the feedback that you need about drafts. Even if you're in the middle of a draft and you need a question answered, who should I go with? Should I go with this guy or should I go with that guy? The Twitter news section lets mm. you stay up to date and all the amazing things that are happening, all the injuries, all the demotions, all the promotions, all the playing time news. It's just the best place to be. Also, we really hope you enjoyed that super pod that we did with dvr and you know i know we did we're still pretty giddy about it it was it was unbelievable it 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 was i've said it before but really that was a dream come true i mean it's Mm. dvr it's you know like that was the best i i really hope we get to do something like that again sometime in the future because i mean (laughs) amazing there was a moment too, just so you guys know, like there was a moment where we were talking about Julio Urias and Eno's like, oh, uh, you know, that's new. I didn't know that. I think, I mean, Nick and I let out a high pitched screech so yeah. inaudible. <laughs> Like it was like what like you know uh, some alien call that call like makes everyone in the movies like close their ears like what's that sound Mm. coming from that was Nick and I because we were so excited but we couldn't act like it (laughs) Uh, also you know it should be said we we lost the um the podcast tournament yes we lost yeah Yeah. we which we're totally fine with you know they're saying co champion no 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 
yeah, second we place. Lost. But that's fine. But but with that said, a big thank you to everyone who got us to mm, second place. Absolutely. All, all the people who voted for us to even get to second place. I mean, what a, what a terrible time it is to be alive. And uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and having that, you know, was a nice what? thing to look forward to at the end of the day. You know, I'm such a miserable person. Oh, man, I can look at Twitter how? and see that. Was, uh, was really nice. Everyone, we all love you, Fast. You're the best. We 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 keep seeing your star ascend, and uh, we're all so excited for you. So how dare you bring that uh, Trevor Huth approach of uh, 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 what is the word? I mean, he's always going. Oh my god, self-effacing. Yeah, self-deprecating. Oh, self-deprecating. There it is. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Not I just I, I just blacked out. I just blacked out and put you on mute for 20 seconds. It so with that right. said, we've we've got all of the uh, we've got all the announcements out of the way. So I want I want to yes. get into this top 100. And I'm actually, you know, th- I'm I'm actually happy about this. The fact that you and I in these past couple of weeks and months have not necessarily agreed about a bunch of pitchers, I think is actually good and exciting. I think it's wonderful. I think it's really nice. And it, it makes the board bets a lot more fun. And I will say this too, actually, I'm sorry, before we begin, I think this is beneficial. We're in the middle of our pitcher list legacy league draft we are. right now. And one oh, of the man. things, oh, go <laughs> yeah. ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, I had this moment. I had, mm. I was staring at it for a good, like 10 minutes because Fast and I are back to back. I'm sixth and, and Fast is fifth. Mm-hmm. And going back your way, I think it was either the 10th or I think it was the 12th round. I I was debating between oh, yeah. Tyone and Aaron Savali. And here's the thing. I knew. I knew your next pick was Aaron Savali. Mm. And I, I I really want to roster Tyone. I mean, I you guys know this. I, uh, I actually got to talk to Tyone. Um, text back and forth with him and I'll, I'll go into that a little bit later but I'm so very much in and I sat there be like do I spite fast and possibly miss out on Tyone or do I just go and get Tyone and I did it for you fast I let you have him that's very kind of you I would not have I definitely as you you know I picked him I was hoping that he was going to fall to me I knew that I had to take him there because I knew Dave Sherman was interested in him and uh, I, I would not have taken Tyone as as repercussion um, I, I'm trying to think are there any and we won't talk too much about this we'll probably talk about this in our next podcast once this draft is complete but so far have there been any instances in which I have taken someone from you and I'm trying to see if there's been an instance which you have taken well, someone I mean, from I wanted, me I did want to get Savali I mean okay. I, I wanted to roster him Hmm. I, I I did like your Presley pick. I was actually maybe considering that instead of Alcantara in the tenth. But I love. I, I actually kind of believe that you thought I might take Presley. So then you openly said inside the Discord, "Oh, we're just going to let him take him," knowing that you. I was no. going to take out Qatar and push me in that direction. So here's the thing with that. Uh, uh, even after after I took Lance McCullers or something, um, I just saw the way that the draft was going. And I saw that mm-hmm. Sandy Alcantara still was available. And was I wonderful. saw that you had not taken your second pitcher yet. And we we're coming into the 10th round. And I said to myself, this is just going to happen. I mean, I messaged you <laughs> before. And then I, I, I said, how are we going to let this happen? And then I deleted it because I didn't want to sway anyone. Uh, but then uh, I, I said it right as you took the pick because I just couldn't believe that we yeah, as a group let wonderful. you get. Sandy Alcantara is unbelievable. I, I'll say that I don't think I was between Eugenio Suarez and JT Real Muto. 
um, and you ended up going JTR Ruto, Real Muto. The deciding factor for me was I'm, I'm a little worried about the broken thumb. Sure, I'm a little I get worried that. about it. Yep. Um, but I, I, I think at the end of the day, the thing that it would hurt the most is his steals, and you're not really drafting JT Real Muto for steals. Uh, so, and then uh, you know, other than that, like I think maybe I should have gone Bichette instead of Seager. Uh, and then I mean, here I am with a Randy Arazarina on my on my yeah, roster, and I've never you. never had that before in my life. Yeah. Never did I think I would. But the I, last, I thought you were, I thought you were going to take Rizzo from me. Um, I know you're in on Rizzo. I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not necessarily super in on Rizzo. I think he's going to have a nice bounce back, but I, I like taking Bell really late. And one sure, B is okay. yeah, one B is so deep. And then I finally got CJ Crone. I will say this, and I said this after you took your most recent pick, which is Otani. What's mm. kind of exciting about this draft, I think, for both me and you, is like rarely have we had a team filled with the guys that we've actually been really yeah. excited about coming into the year. Uh, and now we'll actually, you know, so so often you get excited about a guy, you don't have him on any of your teams, and then you really kind of forget, oh, is he doing great? Is he doing right, poorly? Right, right, right. But now how Lance McCullers and how Shohei Otani go is how theoretically our teams go, you know? And and, and Sandy Alcantara. I also got Sixo mm-hmm. Sanchez because, I mean, the conversation with Eno and, and DVR did push me in favor of Sixto a little bit. I, I I was planning on taking Kluber, I'll be honest, because I wanted Kluber too. Uh, yeah. I was planning to go Alcantara, Kluber, Tyone, and actually like make that work. Uh, but Ian Post got him to start of the eleventh, and Sixto was still there. And actually, if you see my rankings, I have Sixto above Kluber uh, today. So I w- I'm fine with this. And in the shocking shocking events, this is what I do every year. And guys, we'll get to the top 100 in just a moment, I promise. But I actually took Jacob deGrom first. I, I didn't yeah. really think I was going to do this. I was in the sixth position. And I, I did this just for this league because I know, you know, normally in the other leagues, I, I, I'm not egotistical and think like people care about my things. But I know that like the staff is hyper aware of my rankings and how my strategies are. So you have to, I have to change it slightly for this. And so I went to Gromman first and I decided to go after that. What? eight hitters in a well, row yeah. after seven so. no eight you're right eight i think one two three four oh, five it's six seven eight that yeah it's, it's definitely i'm looking at it now it's eight that's what was so funny to me it was like you were almost so disgusted with yourself that you yeah. went with a pitcher in the first round that you had to do that and <laughs> really you have jonathan metzelar to thank for that because i was i said to, i said in the draft as i chose number five mm. okay i'm doing this because i want Degrom. i don't have him anywhere i'm 100 percent right, going right. to take Degrom. but then he chose trout, trout. over soto uh, and I said to myself, I would have taken Degrom over Trout, uh, just to, just for fun. I think it would have been fun to have some Degrom there, but I just yeah. could not say, okay, I'll take Degrom over I Soto. Loved, I just, I would have loved to have Soto. At the I couldn't time. do it. I couldn't, I couldn't give him to you. Yeah. I just couldn't let Juan Soto fall to the six. <laughs> um, so, all right. Anyway, we you brought up Corey Kluber, and that should transition us and and where mm. he stands in your rankings, and that should transition us nicely into your new top one hundred. So before we get to who the new appearers are, before we get to the biggest risers and the biggest fallers, I would like to. To know what you're, you've already hinted at it a little bit. I imagine some of the things that went into changing the list was conversations we've had, conversations you've had with the staff, conversations that you've had with Eno and DBR. Um, how much was that weighted in what you were doing, and how much was injury, and how much was, if anything, spring training performance? Right. So I've been saying this a lot. Is um, this has felt very much like the off season that I have to. I feel like Bruce Banner almost, where I'm trying to suppress the Hulk who wants to come out and be like, no, give me Joe Musgrove. Mm. Give me Sixto Sanchez. I'm going to stop doing that voice now. I promise. And I liked it. 
Uh, and I've been instead like, no, I got to be smart. I got to take Patrick Corbin because that should be a rebound. And Zach Greinke is still really good and going to get mm-hmm. lots of innings and so on. And in one of them, you know, is Corey Kluber to me where there's I understand the hesitation. It's essentially, oh, no, no, no. He's been pretty much out for two years, not one two years mm. and to expect him to be clue bot of old is kind of crazy right like since 2018 right so everyone wants to kind of say three years but it's kind of funny it's not it's two i uh, here's the thing though cory kluber isn't going at the price that his v- actual ability is cory kluber mm. is a top 15 pitcher you can't even say top 10 you know entering 2019 actually even entering like last year i think i mean i had him around 20 or so because i expect him to come back and he didn't that wasn't good, mm. but Corey Kluber was at 91 and change on Saturday. Just, I mean, he's supposed to go tomorrow. We're recording this on the 17th um, in the uh, early evening. And uh, Kluber's great. Kluber's missing bats. He's looking like Corey Kluber. Uh, hi, I want this 38th. And he doesn't even need to go as your 38th pitcher off the board. He's going like past 40. I mean, th- that's the moment. Sure, he's going to be like your SP4, yeah. right? And not your SP3 or 2. And you got to... I think a lot of people are terrified of this idea in 12-teamers that, oh no, if my SP4 doesn't come through, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe that for a second. I mean, I-, I know it's easier from where I'm standing where I do the SP roundup and I'm I have my finger on the pulse as best as I can. Like, that's my job, is to be as close on the pulse as possible. Yeah. So, I feel comfortable in season. If there are lapses in my draft, I'm able to patch those holes. Yes. Cooper is exactly the guy, though, that like, okay, I'm willing to patch that hole if I need to. But, man, I mean, you're going to... You could have a draft where you have four aces, you know? I I just don't know why you don't want to take Corey Kluber at that point. I love you to death. I really do. In the the beginning of the, I just love it. It's like, it was, that was such a roller coaster. The question was, (laughs) how do you weight what's going into your rankings? That was a five, it was a gorgeous little three minute tirade on Corey Kluber. But let's get back. Let's go. I can't help myself. It's so important that we get that point home. I understand Get that. I, I, I understand that. And I'm very appreciative. <laughs> and I, and that's why I didn't cut you off. And I just kind of sat here laughing. So I was like, okay, here we go. Where's oh the ride going to take me? But what, yep. so I, but I do think it's important <laughs> for people to hear who are listening. Um, how much are you, what are you waiting and how are you waiting? Are you waiting right. feedback? Are you waiting spring training results at all? Uh, what yes. are you waiting and how? Okay. So spring training, I'm waiting. I, I'll put it this way. Like veterans versus younger pitchers are different. Okay. veterans uh i'm giving a longer um period of time to get back to normal because they aren't rushing they mm-hmm. aren't like they aren't having to show up in camp and prove something they have a spot they've done this before you got to rely on them that there'll be their opening day right mm-hmm. so don't worry about like granky and i really honestly corbin or morton until the week before which is not what you want to hear but you have to however with the younger guys garrett richards is a good example uh, who, who is trying to prove something, trying to get back on track and just showcase that they have this ability, you should be expecting them to perform like they are early in spring training because they've been training for this. They're trying to be their very best from the beginning. They're not easing into it mm-hmm. like others. And if they're struggling now, 
I believe that they will be struggling in April more. Uh, so there's there's always nuance attached to this. But yeah, I'm certainly favoring. I mean, look, Mike Miner, good example. He's throwing 92, 94 now as opposed to 90.6. Like I am taking that into consideration. Yeah, heavily. Yeah, you know. So the, the it's with everybody. Like is Velo difference? Are there Velo mm-hmm. differences? Are they using new pitches? We got excited about Matthew Boyd's changeup, rightly so. That was an amazing pitch last year. Unfortunately, he lost his slider and fastball command along the way. But we didn't. Mm-hmm. But we were right about hey, new changeup. Hey, it's working. That yeah. likely will stick, and it did, right? So that's the kind of stuff you can follow during this. And I did make some adjustments based on that. In a in a pitcher heavy keeper league, are you spending a uh, dollar on Matt Boyd? A pitcher heavy, keeper. like it's a pitcher. Excuse me, pitchers are very inflated. How much are you spending? How much? What's a good oh, thing? What's a good price for Matthew Boyd? Is four dollars well, too much? I'll, I'll say this. I mean, there's no correct answer for that because I mean, there's every. Auction dollars are very, very relative to the league. Um, yeah. But I, with Matthew Boyd, if you are investing in Matthew Boyd, recognize that he doesn't have a great schedule early. It is Cleveland. Then it's a bit of a rough patch. And you, if you are interested, you have to be willing to be conservative with him. Like, I would not feel comfortable getting Matthew Boyd and then starting him for April blindly. Yeah, I, I just I can't do that. I do feel that there is more of a significant chance than we are giving him that Boyd could turn it around. Yeah. Because he was pitching hurt last year. He didn't have a slider, which is the pitch for him. Added the changeup. Um, I hope the velocity is good enough around 92 and change. Uh, and the command is there. But we just don't really know right now. And it's too much of a haze for like 12 teamers. Eh. No, but if you're neat, like if it's such a shallow, sorry, such a thin waiver wire pool in that auction, hypothetical starter heavy auction league. Mm. Then yeah, I would take a chance on Boyd because he's probably better than what the wire will be in May. That's my home league, so I was happy to hear you say that. Uh, I had him uh, for bucks. No, I had a chance to. I have. I have him for a dollar because we're using the 2019 rosters, and I have a chance to keep him for four. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I think I'm about to trade my first round pick in the minors for a ten dollar Joe Musgrove, which I think is going to be okay. Okay. I don't think that's that bad. Um, uh, but that was just a purely selfish question. But now I want to get into the actual bulk of the list. Now there are no changes in the top eleven. Okay. Um, but I want to say this, and I, I don't even know if I am being facetious when I say it. Is Jacob Degrom in a tier of his own? In some ways, it feels like it, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't ignore the fact that Shane Bieber has pretty much never been on the IL. Mm. Uh, and DeGrom has had, I mean, he hasn't missed like significant time, but he's had some weird things. And, you know, Jeff Zimmerman put out this incredible, incredible predictor of injuries, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the highlights of like the variables you see from guys that are have heightened injury risks, of course, is the velocity that DeGrom is throwing. And it's like, 100 he was what is it, nine pitches in the first inning above 100 miles per hour something stupid yeah, it was insane yeah and so it does feel like the grom is just amazing and he is but i can't ignore the fact that it, there is this sense that this is too good to be true right? oh don't say that so many people are going to be very they're going to play this clip if he ever gets injured or something like I, that oh well, i don't you know i don't want guys of you course know, no one wants that list yeah. I'm a I realist. I, I like I. I, I but broadcasters yeah. don't want kickers to miss field goals when they say he's he's never missed a field goal. But sometimes it happens. You know what I mean? That's the jinx. <laughs> yeah. So is someone going to like quote that right before then the next time they kick a field goal to you? 
Yeah, yeah, that's what they'll quote. Uh, there really isn't any too much market change really inside of the top 25 overall. I mean, Gallons dropped a little bit. I imagine that's because of the innings pitch concerns. I've really debated between him and Woodruff, but the fact is Woodruff's also on has a capped ceiling of innings too. And you mm-hmm. guys know me, I'm a gallon gal, so I just couldn't do that. So yeah, 14, 15 is gallon Woodruff now. Yeah, I dig that too, because listen, at the end of the day, I think uh, Milwaukee will be quicker to go to the bullpen than Arizona will be because they've got a much better bullpen. Uh, so I think sometimes, and I don't think that's going to, that to me is like a tiebreaker thing. Yeah. Woodruff has been kind of immune to that when he's like actually like in season. He's been like the brewer that they lean on. I know 2020 was a little bit weirder, but 2019 yeah. he showcased like, no, I got this. I can go seven innings if you need me. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought he had a third time through the order penalty at one point. That it's was possible. Uh, yeah. It's very possible. A lot of guys do. Most guys do. The first kind of big change that uh, a player that I consider big, I guess it drops more than five spots, is Charlie Morton at 29, yes. listed below Denilson Lamette. So there was a little bit of swap there between Lamette and Morton. So uh, talk, talk, talk us through your logic on that one. Yeah. So, okay. I, I essentially, my, in my effort to hold back the Hulk, mm-hmm. I, I swung the pendulum, I think, a little slightly too far. And I was I propped up Morton, Corbin, and Granky a little too much, okay. slightly more. Just and and then then I kind of thought about this and I said, okay, Lomet is the injury risk. If he if he didn't have that injury risk, like Lomet is top twenty, top fifteen. I mean, it, it was ab- absurd how good he was last year, throwing at times ninety nine on his fastball, not sitting there, but hitting ninety nine, maybe a hundred with legitimately the number one pitch in baseball last year right mm. that slider mm-hmm. i but the fact that he has injury risk brings him down here same kind of thing with morton is that like i think if he goes 190 innings uh or let's just say 180 the average of the top 20 um morton could be you know a top 10 guy too He's showcased that in the past. So they're both kind of linked in this way of both being effective, but we have our major hesitations about injury. And I decided to give the edge to Lamette because, I mean, he was just a little doper last year. <laughs> he was just that much better. Uh, and so I have concerns on both, but I decided, you know what, Lamette um, has showcased more of that upside more recently. So I'm going to give him the slight one pick nod. But I mean, that's tier six. It's like, all and then Paddock is kind of thrown in there because like I don't know what you're going to do with that fastball buddy so yeah I know that is so much to uh, and and uh, you know as you said this is a tier in and of itself right and I think that's a very good tier I mean that's they all kind of have these kind of same concerns yeah Patrick Corbin losing two spots I still like Corbin a lot at six at 30 so yeah yeah, I'm with you. So once again, we have our next tier, tier seven. Not too many changes here. A lot of guys just kind of staying the same here. Um, Ian Anderson, though, he dropped seven. That, that's a little drastic. Where do you see that drop coming yeah, from? Yeah, I think um, I think the conversation with Eno and DVR also exposed myself a bit with Ian Anderson. Um, so I've been saying this a lot this entire draft season, and I'm sticking with this where you essentially want to have four guys that you trust through the year that like you're drafting them. And you know, yes, that guy, that guy I am going to be holding. I don't think his performance is going to be so bad that I drop him. Not necessarily the innings, but the performance, right? Uh, and Ian Anderson, I think, is the very end of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think there are concerns about his walk rate that he won't necessarily fix it this year. I did like, I remember us talking about this back in October. 
uh, where you weren't really buying the fastball and changeup because the movement profile wasn't quite right and it wasn't really it's so funky. And, yeah, it's weird, and I understand it. Um, I think Ian Anderson in twenty twenty two is going to be up higher than forty two on my rankings. I think it's going to be like top twenty five, honestly, hmm. uh, something like that. But I think the He's going to have some sort of innings limit. I think there's still things to develop inside that repertoire. Maybe even second half Ian Anderson is better than first half Ian Anderson as he just gets that development. But I was looking at this and like Pablo Lopez and Aaron Savali, I think they're more of a finished product at the moment than Ian Anderson is. Jesus Lazardo, even though he has things to figure out, I still think he has a higher floor and can do more than Ian Anderson. Sixto Sanchez, same thing. McCullers, Alcantara, Barrios, Kluber, Tyone, right? And all of those I'd be very happy with as my number four, sometimes a number three, or heck, even a number two, like Sandy Alcatar is for me. Mm. Uh, so I, I group them all together and I kind of make that the cutoff. As it gets like Frankie Montas at, at tier eight, he also dropped seven points. I don't know if Montas is going to be 100% healthy in, in a rhythm. Like he showcased that volatility last year. So I figured that was the good spot to to cut it off yeah that was a little bit surprising to me to see him drop that way because i mean in spring he's looked very good so far and that to me has me buying maybe a little bit more of that bounce back but yeah i mean maybe maybe this is kind of a better landing spot for him because it, as you said it does bake in a little bit more of that injury risk which has right. been prevalent with him um and not not for just one time you know yeah i still have a 43 though yeah like i think that is slightly higher than the consensus on Montas. So I'm still in. Like, I would like to have Montas, but I recognize that the other ones I feel a little bit more secure with. I also noticed here, too, that so you have Aaron Savali up uh, a little bit. Was that just because you were dropping other dudes down, or that was like, okay, yeah, I want I want to put him up a little bit more? Yeah, I, I'm excited by the arm circle changes. The fact that he's, you know, focusing on a four-seamer, which is really good. Uh, the fact that Aaron Savali... I uh, essentially Aaron Savali's weakness has been his fastballs. And mm. if he's improving that and doing things to make it better, uh, that's a good thing, right? It, it, essentially making his weakness not as bad. And not to mention last year, save for the eight earned run start, which I'm kind of throwing away at the last game of the season. It was a sub four ERA otherwise. Um, and, and to that credit too, I mean, we just saw a tie go off and do and throw four seamers all of a sudden. Mm. He's throwing them elevated, had a 22% swing strike rate on them. Mm. I, what? Like, mm. that's good. And I remember you were showing some concerns about like, is this four seamer change going to work? Uh, like, is he going to change from a sinker guy to that? I'm convinced that the four seamer is working. Uh, it was at, uh, I think about 94 miles per hour in the past. It was around 95 uh, for Tyone. I mean, he had success with that at 94. I think I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. I am curious. Like, we only see him like three games now. You know, I, I wonder if Tyon is just going to continue to improve with more starts as well. So I, I see a guy that's like fully healthy now, uh, cruising, uh, improved mechanics, right? We see like the different arm circle with Tyon too. And this is this is only like a great thing you know he was a really excellent pitcher before and now he's back and healthier yeah i'm yeah. just excited i feel like i mean i i definitely a couple of weeks ago was uh a, a little bit more out and then i think you've changed my mind a little bit i i still don't know if i'm fully bought in but i will say this like i think jameson tile is going to be one of those guys where if he dominates in the first three starts you're like duh 
Like, right. Like, right. Well, of course, yeah. of course she's <laughs> awesome. Like, of course she's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I, I, be the I, other side too. We're like, all of a sudden he isn't good. Like, yeah, we were worried. We didn't see it. You know, yeah. how could we not? See- <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm pretty much ready to be disappointed and shocked either way. There we um, go. Uh, so I do want to talk about I I'm, I was a little shocked as well to see not a drastic fall, but John Means down five. What did you think? What, what went into that? So, OK, John Means down five was more of a product of uh, pushing up others. Um, I think I okay. pushed Aaron Savali above him early yeah. Urias above. Um, but I'm still at 47. I still have Means in top 50. And I think he's like I've seen, I don't know, 60 and 70. Otherwise, I'm still very much in. I I do also notice that it's likely, I think, the um, the Red Sox twice to start the year. Yep. Maybe Red Sox-Yankees. Yep. And you may not want to start him for those, um, yep. which is really contrarian to what I've been saying, that if you are getting a guy and you're not starting him right away, then what are you doing? Yeah, but it means is the one guy, is the one guy that I'm like, just endure it's- those two, because I feel after that, he's just going to soar. You've been consistent with that when it comes to means. You, you've, you've, you've. He, he has always been the asterisks on that statement. Sure. Um, when it comes to Soroka, uh, I think it's obviously no surprise. You put him at forty-eight. We don't know when he's, uh, you know, pitched for the first time. Let's say it's May, uh, end of May or whatever, and he's back. Uh, where is he debuting? Man, end of May. Oh boy, I, I'm I'm hoping with this with Soroka that's like mid to late April. Oh no no uh, yeah, I, 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 I ignore the date. I just meant when he's back. Oh, okay okay, when he's back. Okay, <laughs> you scared yeah. me. I was like, what did no, I no, miss? No 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 no. All right, I uh, yeah, Soroka. Um, I mean, he's he's essentially like Zach Wheeler to me, which is more, which hmm. is uh, which is Kyle Hendricks with more strikeout upside. Right, okay. we, we compared him to Hendricks, but it's like, oh, but he can strike out more guys because his slider and changeup. He has a slider and changeup as opposed to like just the changeup of Hendricks, right? Sure, uh, sure, he has a curveball they threw like eleven percent of the time, but Hendricks doesn't really get whiffs on that. I uh, so that's the thing about Soroka. Next time you see the list, which will be March 29th, I'm going to start the weekly uh, the list with me live streaming it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so check that out on, at noon on Mondays through the year Eastern Time. I will be streaming Nick Pollock making the list. All right. Not to put you on the spot and you yeah. res- I, I give you the right to change your mind. Will that be the, the, the debut of first pitch March 29th? Yes, it will be. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. You so heard it here worry. first. I'm starting on the Monday. So you have to do it over the weekend fast. Oh no, I don't mind that. I, actually, I'm. I would be. That's Passover, and I'd be driving back from Florida anyway. So, but yes, I would have been happy to. Okay. Um. But uh. But yeah, I'll be live streaming that. So eight thirty in the morning to ten. Uh, I will be doing the first pitch podcast, and then in season that turns into also the uh the SB streaming article for the yeah. day. Fantastic. So eight thirty to ten. Nick in the morning, cup of coffee. <laughs> Better than Nick um, at night. Yes. I, I tried to see like Nick at morning and I was like, no, there isn't there isn't and Nick at light. Mm-hmm. Didn't want that. Nick in the morning. That's what we're calling that. I uh, but but yeah, you will see on that Monday though, when I do the list, if you guys remember from last year, I have a fringe starters table where I take out all of the injured guys and I mm-hmm. add in also all the ones that I almost added. Like I don't have JT Brewbaker here today. Uh, oh, interesting. And he was like 105 on my list or whatever, uh, something like that. And I decided not to go after it inside of this one, but he would be on the fringe, right? Um, Carlos Rodon, for example, like we just, I'm out on Rodon. He hasn't been good for a long while, but I can see a situation where he starts to get swings again on that slider and that can work. 
Uh, so you'll see that on the 29th. So you'll be alarmed. Soroka will be off this list. Uh, likely Sonny Gray will be off this list. But yep. I feel I feel like that's in preparation for the regular season. Well, this is more in preparation for your drafts. Yeah. So I, I want to... Um I want to move to some of the guys who had bigger rises and falls, and I'm, I'm going to raise my threshold from five to about ten because we've got a lot of guys that I want to get to, and then I definitely want to get to some of these unranked guys. Sure. Uh, so the first one who had the biggest rise is uh, 13 for Domingo Herman. Mm, Domingo Herman. All right. Um, look, I- I'm not thrilled with Herman necessarily pitching in the first place. He's a garbage um, human. Yeah, uh, but but very good pitcher. Um, he was very good in 2019, uh, especially in that first half, and then it kind of fell apart a little bit by the end. But uh, we're talking like 25 to 30 percent strikeout rates, and mostly a sub uh, four ERA and nice whips, the whole thing. He's killing it in the spring. He has the fifth spot. I put him at 72 in the original ones, I believe, or maybe it was 73, because I didn't really know how Herman would respond because uh, it's been so long. But whoever had the fifth spot, it was David Garcia or Domingo Herman. I would want him on my fantasy teams. He has just been more of the great pitcher that we saw before. And I feel like Herman is possibly one of the best values in your draft at the moment. Um, he's going to be in my SP sleeper article that comes out next week. Uh, and I, I, would, I would be drafting wherever I could. I mean, 57th starter. He's before the injured tier. And I don't, I don't really see... I'm like, yes, I recognize that he could, you know, it could not work out. Uh, as is everyone in this tier nine could. Uh, but Herman has certainly showcased the ceiling before, and he's looking like that guy right now. So I would go out and get him if I could. What else is coming out next week, pray tell? Isn't there some other big thing? There's, there's a whole thing, Fast. Well, <laughs> let's hear it. On Monday, so everyone's mm-hmm. been looking for the draft outline that I do every single year where I break down uh, by position and round. Well, I'm making a larger piece called the ultimate fantasy baseball guide for 2021. (laughs) But that's also going into, if you guys remember from our draft tips article, a lot of the things I discussed in that and really as much as I can outlying all the philosophies and strategies that I've been talking about on these podcasts about Hmm. getting the starters you need, you know, the uh, taking risks, understanding that you're going to patch those holes and really, Really addressing what I still want to call the biggest myth in fantasy baseball. Fast. You're, you're drafting a best ball. You're not drafting a best ball. You're not. <laughs> you're not. Those fantasy pros rankings. That's a Man. best ball ranking. Don't what? adhere to that. What is this new flip flopping you've been doing? This and then Shohei Otani you're flip flopping on? <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> flip flopping on Shohei Otani? Yeah, you used to love him and now you hate him. Avoid him at all costs, you say. It's unbelievable. Oh my. Fast. Crazy. Stop. Stop it's doing this to our precious, wonderful <laughs> listeners. Oh, it's they I know raised the truth. Otani to 52. Oh, so you're you mean you're gonna tell me that this is the truth about Otani, and you're also gonna turn around and tell me that Marco Gonzalez right now is getting raised eleven spots? I my heart almost stopped. You oh, raised Marco, Marco Gonzalez. Gonzalez? 11 spots? I was like, is oh, he that's okay? That's what the flopping is. Did uh, someone Marco check Gonz- in on Nick Pollock? Marco Gonzalez was raised a ton. Uh, if you notice, he's surrounded by a lot of green. Yeah. A lot of green. A lot of green. Uh, I'm recognizing with Marco Gonzalez that like, 
I, I mean, it's still at 64. In no league yeah. am I drafting Marco Gonzalez. But I recognize after you've gone through all of your exciting pitchers, you know, your Tristan McKenzie, your Domingo Herman, Jordan Montgomery, James Paxton, etc., you have your injured starters, right? You have your Chris Sale, Syndergaard, and Severino, which will be stripped away in that next update of the list, just so you guys know, it'll be in the fringe mm. table. Then it's between Dallas Keuchel and Gonzalez. And I thought to myself, Keuchel's been like a good ratio guy for longer and has a better team to get wins and is not in a six-man rotation. And he should have more wins and has been doing this for longer. So I put Keuchel ahead and then I kind of thought, all right, I'll just make this the Toby tier. And it's also because like I had Drew Smiley higher and Mitch Keller higher. Uh, and I just didn't, I'm not as excited as I was before about them. And I was like, fine. I recognize a scenario where I want Marco Gonzalez at this point. Yeah. So fine. He's, I love it. I love it. You know, I like it a lot. I, uh, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Cause I think we see eye to eye on it. I think, no, okay. I think we see eye to eye on it at least, but it brings you another, wait. where do you, where do you have him? Uh, he's my number four pitcher. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> um, I, I brings up another point that I think I don't think it's something Wait. we've ever discussed. What? What is it? What do, do you, you want? Do you have him at sixty four? Do you have him at like forty eight? Well, if people really want to see where I have him, they could check on Friday when I release there my updated top one hundred. That's uh, what I was looking for. Uh, there you go. There you go. Sorry. Well, this is a, this isn't about me. It's about you. Um, it's about us. It's about, about us. It's about us. Um, <laughs> I was talking about this. I was talking with, you know, one of the things I loved about Michael Ahedo's list is that it was bat crap crazy. Uh, and I mean, that, and, and, I'm, and, I, and like, he knows, he knows that I feel that way. And you know, this isn't some secret, but the, the, why I love it so much is he created a really refreshing list that to me is not the list he thinks people should see, but the list that he would then go into a draft room with. Right. Sure. And what I want to like, if, I, if I'm speaking for myself personally, I'm trying to think more so of other people in mind because I don't have the chutzpah to say, no, this is the list I'm taking in, into hand. Do you feel that way as well? Where you're thinking, oh, this of, is my list. This is 100. This, this is it. This is your this is, list. Yeah. This is. Oh yeah. That's what the list is. Every single week, it is my list that if I were drafting today, this is how I would rank them. So right now, if it was between yeah. Marco Gonzalez and Mike Miner, you would take Marco Gonzalez by yes by one pick and it's like so close and i have mike minor right underneath look i am excited that mike minor is throwing harder now yeah i'm also very much uh, recognizing that the floor is lower for mike minor than it is marco gonzalez okay marco gonzalez at the very least has been a four-year a guy and a 390 year a guy in the seasons outside of 2020 i'm not I'm, look i'm an emotional man but i'm not a blind man oh very nice i like yeah. that i thought oh, that, i thought you were saying i'm an emotional man but i'm not a blind man but no, that's it. That's the okay. statement. Fast. I was ready. I was ready for the next part of it. <laughs> ready for the next part of it. Uh, all right. The next. So we talked about Mike Miner. The next riser is Carlos Martinez, who rises twenty five. I mean, are, are are do you feel the community is a little bit too out on him because of oh, what man. was a terrible and also write it off twenty twenty. Number two on that article. You don't even need to read that article. We're just going to get it revealed this this uh, this podcast. Yeah, Carlos Martinez is like so undervalued. Yeah. Um, what a wonderful sentence. He's like so undervalued. Um, but no, Carlos Martinez is throwing 94 now. That's what we've been waiting for. He used to be throwing 94 to 95 or so. Uh, and he's has a lock in the rotation. It's not one of this like, is he going to close? Is he not? Is he going to be in the rotation? No, no. He is definitively in the Cardinals rotation. He has two amazing secondary pitches in his changeup and slider. He's throwing 94 plus now. I wouldn't even be surprised if by the end of this, he's throwing 95. 
I'm very much in on drafting Carlos Martinez. Uh, and I actually was even tempted to push him into this top 60. But I decided, okay, you know what? There is some risk. He hasn't been truly dominant as a starter for a good while. Fine. You can still get him um, in your later rounds as I have him at 68. I didn't know that they had... Uh, I know Ross Research was a little bit back and forth earlier on. I'm glad to see that. I didn't know that they had fully committed to him being like 100% in the well, rotation. They have... Michaelis is, is hurting. Yeah. Um, and like he's their three it's like yeah. Wainwright, Flaherty and him and then Kwon Young Kim and then and they're like huh who's the fifth yeah, I think it's Daniel Ponce Leon but it's not actually it's John Gant it's John Gant yeah. yeah it's John Gant now like yeah. Carlos Martinez has got it don't worry it's fine yeah. no, right now I just like and this isn't uh, you know I, I can't say this enough like the, the roster resource is one of the most indispensable sites ever oh my I, I rarely believe the Cardinals in particular, once again, not because of anything uh, that uh, that the, the work that goes into that. There's an immense amount of work that goes into that. Yeah, Jason does uh, a great job with it. He's yeah. unbelievable. But I just feel like they just change things around so much. I mean, like with well, their closers. I mean, Quang Young Kim. Closers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I just, I like, is it crazy to think that Reyes could still one day be a long relief guy? Like, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, uh, uh, I... I I will not forget the fact that at first pitch Arizona, I I remember rolling my eyes when someone mentioned like, oh, maybe Alex uh, Reyes is going to be starting again. And I rolled my eyes, not thinking that people could see it. And then I got called out. I was like, oh, (laughs) Oh, really? God, yeah. (laughs) I felt so bad. I was just like, he's not going to start. We've been waiting for so long and it's just not going to happen. It stinks. As much as I want it so badly, Mm -hmm. it's just we got to just temper our expectations. Under promise, overperform. With yeah. Alex Reyes being a starter. I don't know if you, I, I, I know that, well, I know I'm always popping in and out of your mind, I like to think. But, always. Uh, uh, I mean, just based on how many DMs I send you. <laughs> but uh, was there any of me in that, that little noodle of yours thinking, yeah, maybe I should drop Drew Smiley a little bit because he's down eight spots. He's down eight spots just because I... It was such a small sample. Not the fact that he was... I, I know. I saw your tweet. Don't worry. It was like 95, then 94, mm-hmm. then 93 and changed, 93. Um, he has been 93 in spring training, and that's a good thing. Yes. But I, I very much recognize that I'd be shocked if Drew Smiley survived the entire season performing well. Oh, yeah. Um, still, I would be interested drafting him and seeing how he does early on. And he's at 93 now, and maybe it actually gets pushed up to 94 by the start. But, yeah. you know, he's still in that, like, like after the injured tier, it's, you have some Tobies. You got Keichel, Gonzalez, Minor, Davies, Odorizzi, right? Mm-hmm. And then you started to get, like, my three that I'm like, okay, Martinez, Lorenzen, Smiley. I want to try those three. Mm-hmm. And then it's tier 12 where it gets a little bit messier. Um, some intriguing things, but some not. And... Smiley, at the very least, I'm like, yeah, I could. Okay, this could be actually a, a huge reward play in April. Yeah, I hear you on that. And so, what about Keller? I mean, I, I, I am someone who Which has one? Uh, Mitch. Excuse me. Um, he's the he's the next person. He also dropped eight. I watched the start today, and I'm not you know spring training, but that command is not looking. Yeah, right. the command so he, is he starting to scare me. Six, which is good. Uh, he, he doesn't know where it's going. I understand, but the fact that he has that ability, like I think Keller, Keller, in you know, I've said it a lot. And it's a term I've been using this uh, preseason. Is a, is a guy a finished product or not? Oh. I wouldn't say that Mitch Keller is, 
at 71 for someone to at least have the blueprint of success they haven't necessarily put it all together mm. but as is something that over time i think keller throwing doesn't have to be 96 could just be 95 you know made this excellent point about 90 to 94 being like the same kind of results in play but once he hit 95 yeah. then things get a lot easier as a pitcher yeah so throwing 96 and maybe pulling that back to 95 and change okay fine uh, he still had over 30% CSW on that four seamer, over 30% on the slider as well uh, in today's outing. It was 1.1 innings. He had a 0.1 innings allowing four uh, foreign runs or something like that. And then yeah. he came out, had a good second inning, right? Like, I'm fine. Like, you know, we it's well, not enough for me to judge this. Uh, the reason he just dropped seven points is because I wanted to elevate the other guys instead. They did that weird thing, too, where they actually took him out in the first because he had thrown 5,000 pitches, right. and then they let him start the second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. So that was interesting. And yeah, I mean, once again, it's spring training. At this point, with spring training starts, I'm like, okay, interesting. In another week, I'll be like, okay, a little worried, but not yeah, at sure. that point. Not at that point quite yet. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to the optimistic. Another big riser, jumping up 21 spots, Nathan Eovaldi at number 76. Yeah, he gets your O's first. Okay, well, moving on. That, I mean, um, he's, he's throwing 100, and he gets uh, which is very good. He actually pulled back the, on the cutter, I think, which is not what you want. You want him to actually be throwing that cutter a lot. Uh, I think he threw like over 30% of the time in 2019 when we liked Eovaldi. Mm. But uh, he could be experimenting more things with a splitter or whatever. You never really know. The fact that he's at 100 miles per hour and he gets your Orioles with the Red Sox lineup behind him. All right, I will take him in that first start. Okay. Yep. All right. My poor Orioles. Right, getting, right getting above him is on. more interesting to me, which is AJ Puck. Uh, because Mike Fires is hurt right now. And my understanding is that Puck might actually be in the rotation to start the year. Wait, AJ Puck's down at 83. He's at 75. What? You got to you gotta refresh. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> so what happened there? You changed it. This is, that's actually good to know, too. It looks like in the last couple hours or so, you changed AJ Puck. I think I sent you I sent you the the preview. Uh, yes, and, that's and what I was published. looking at. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, my yeah. fault. That's my no, fault. No, 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 no. But that's actually, that's good to know. So, yeah, I was like right above. What what happened here? Um, <laughs> so, but that's good to know. So you had AJ Puck down a little bit. Is there anything that caused you to change him in the last uh, No, last so, couple so he's at 75 because I actually was like, wait a second. Didn't I hear something about Puck getting more of an opportunity? Because we haven't seen much of him. And I was actually ready to almost even remove him because I was like, oh, he's not going to start. But then I was like, wait, no, no, hold on. Mm. He could easily be in the rotation. His upside is great. He throws super hard and has an amazing slider. Like, this could work out, too. Uh, So that's an interesting dart throw to take at the end of your draft. Definitely, definitely monitor AJ Puck in the next couple weeks. He has a rotation spot to start. That could be very, very interesting. And then you get a great name in Puck Everlasting. Um, of course, yeah. Of course. I like uh, that. that. That's why you draft for the names. Mm. Uh, I, I would even get a Raphael, too, and then do Puck Devers Lasting. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Puck Everlasting. That's very good. Mm. Um, the next guy, someone we've been kind of talking about a little bit, um, and that's Madison Bumgarner, who goes from unranked to popping up at number 77. I know. Are we, are we sleeping on him a bit too much? I will say this before I uh, give it over to you. Back down to 89 yesterday. Oh, not, yeah. Back not down. Ideal. Not great, Bob, because originally no. two starts ago, he was like, oh, 91. All right, here we go. Yeah. And then back down to 89, I think. So spin rates are up, which is good. I, 
if he's if he's settling at 89 then i'm not happy uh Hmm. and i could easily be bringing him back down the next one I don't like the fact either that it is San Diego and Coors to start. This <laughs> um, but I will say a Massim Bumgarner at 91 through the year should be way better than last year. And he's not going to be limited. Like if you're looking for a quality start getter, uh, Bumgarner could be a, an absolute steal for you. And I really wanted to highlight that considering there are so many question marks at this point. And if you tell me that, hey, it's the third start of the year and Bumgarner is averaging 91, I'm like, yeah, I want to buy in on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The next guy that I wanted to bring up, um, you know, it's funny. There are guys that, you know, as as we are growing our friendship and it has been almost five years now, correct? Almost. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah I'd say five years uh, from the start of April is when you sent me that wonderful email fast. Yes, exactly. So it's what's one of, what, one of the joys of our friendship has been uh, watching us grow, watching us uh, experience pitchers as they grow together. Yeah. Right. And oh, our yeah, relationship right. it's like our about children. those pitchers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And one of the ones who we had talked about two or three years ago that I was like, Oh, is this guy good? And you were like, I don't know if he's good. And then now he could be good. Uh, is Eliezer Hernandez. Yeah. Right? I remember, I remember this conversation. I, uh, and he has a really nice slider mm-hmm. and then that's it. Yeah. And I, uh, it, it's, it's a little frustrating. Um, I'm putting him here at 84 because I am recognizing the strikeout upside. Uh, he does. He can have like a 25% strikeout rate. Uh, and you see Andrew Heaney at 78. He's only there because he's going to do that and hopefully without a terrible whip, right? Uh, Andrew Heaney hasn't had higher than a 1.3 whip, which is really nice. It's bad raise, but that's another story. Uh, Eliezer mm. Hernandez could be something of a Heaney light in that way. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to develop the fastball and anything else like a changeup or whatever to really to really uh, nullify like <laughs> the fact that he goes like five innings a start if that mm. uh, but at the same time hey I recognize that maybe something changed and maybe something's there because he has a decent foundation that slider and at this point he has a rotation spot he's number four for Miami uh, take a chance see what happens yeah yeah I, I hear you as well he's I mean he's another one of those guys that it's a fun flyer to like take a step back and, and see uh, see what's yeah. going on with him two other guys that we should get to then because they fell quite a bit uh, Christian Javier and Dustin May so let's get some quick hits on why they why you hate them <laughs> oh okay all right so, all so right buddy. Much. so um, much I think I talked about it like in two podcasts ago or so a uh, Christian Javier um I think his fastball isn't that good. And mm. he also loses stamina as he goes through uh, through the game. He yeah. starts off like 93 and change. And by the end, it's like 91. Mm. And I do like his breaking ball. And I do actually think that will p- perform better than it did last season. But Javier, I don't think has the full road or the full arsenal that makes me very confident in a given start. And he's a streaming option, but not really one that I want to be drafting. Uh, well, Dustin May, to me, is the clear number seven uh, on the Dodgers. I put Gonsolin. He dropped 13 spots at 79 uh, because he's thrown three times in the spring for just six innings. Mm. And it's just not conducive to someone who's going to be starting out of the gate. That's just not how it is at the moment. And it's so frustrating because Gonsolin's really, really good. He just won't, you know, it's going to be a complete headache. And I think it's going to be even a bigger one for Dustin May, who isn't as good as Tony Gonsolin for your fantasy teams. So, <laughs> I dropped them both significantly. 
Now, I saw this interesting tidbit. Well, first, I agree about Christian Javier. I think when you take a guy who loses his stamina and compound that with a guy who's known for not having the best command, that can be a really perfect storm to ruin a bunch of your starts. Um, The uh, one I want to say about Dustin May, I had just seen this earlier today from the at future Dodgers account. He says in both 2019 and 2020, Dustin May threw 50 percent sinkers, about six percent four seamers. Today, this was March 15th in the Dodgers first spring training game with StatCast. He's thrown 40 percent sinkers and nearly 30 percent four seamers which is very very interesting i also don't know and he notes definitely something to monitor moving forward that was at future dodgers um i don't know if that means they might want to use him in the bullpen more i don't know if that means they still want to make him a starter but they want to get away from the sinker a little bit more but once as he noted very interesting thing to keep track of more four seamers are a good thing for dustin may uh I agree. it does tally up to 70 percent fastballs though Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I think I think we can both agree that one of the biggest uh, holes in that arsenal is a lack of a proper <laughs> whiff pitch. Sure. Right? And, uh, you know, if we don't see, I, I feel like the 94 mile per hour cutter should be missing more bats. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until we really see that, I mean, maybe the four-seamer can act like that pitch, elevated. Uh, we'll see. But seeing 70% heaters... Uh, is a little weird, and it, it's very rare for a starter to ex, uh, to to be amazing with that. Like Lance Lynn is one of the exceptions at the moment. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. The last uh, last couple people want to get to is tier fourteen, the final tier on this new list, uh, and we'll start with Caleb Smith, who's fallen out of uh, the top eighty and into the bottom nineties at ninety three. What came into that drop? Right. So you guys, you guys know how I feel about Caleb Smith. Um, and I don't feel it's so much different. I, uh, what we saw last year was just kind of a wasted season, uh, where he did have the velocity that we wanted, which is around 92 miles per hour. He got it back, but he didn't have the command with the Marlins. And then he missed, I think it was six weeks because of COVID and then got dealt to the Diamondbacks and then didn't really come back until September. Yeah. It, it was just not fair. Uh, so we got this lost season for Caleb Smith. Now he's the number three in Arizona, which is great, but then he gets the Padres first. And it's a situation where if you were getting, like with John Means, you can't not draft him and then pick him up after his first two starts, mm. right? Because he's going to be drafted and then held by someone. Caleb Smith, though, no one's going to draft him. And he's not going to be picked up for the San Diego Padres, but maybe for the Cincinnati Reds, you can pick him up if he's showing the good things you want to see in the Padres, maybe against the Nationals after that. The Reds may be better. I'm a little, I don't know how I feel about the Reds offense yet. Where, where is that game? Uh, it is in Arizona. Well, that makes me a little more interested. I'm, I would be worried in, in uh, Great American, but that, that makes me a little bit more interested. It's, it's no more Coors Light for you? No, it's no more Coors Light, and I think that Cincinnati is just like literally a, a, a home run haven, and uh, sure. I, I, those fly ball guys scare me in that well, park. Well, his fourth starts in Cincinnati. Okay, that scares me. Uh, <laughs> at, at that point, hopefully, we'll know a little bit more about what we're dealing with when it comes to him. Uh, so let's go through these final. I, I, I'm going to hit on just the unranks because I like to end, as we know, on a positive note here. And these are four guys who have made the leap from complete and utter irrelevance to your top 100. Uh, and I and I like that. They're not irrelevant, being tongue-in-cheek here. Uh, so that's Trevor Rogers, Josh Lindblom. And then to wrap it up at 99-100, love your new 100, by the way, because mm. it, it really packs that 100 <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, it really does, right? It does. <laughs> uh, so 99 is TJ Antone and 100. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, like Nick and I both feel that there's like there's a certain kind of person who has to go at 100. Yep. All right. And, and for you now, that's Rich Hill. So why don't yeah. we start with Rogers and then work our way down? Sure. So Rogers, he's an interesting arm. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he has the fifth spot in Miami is a bit appealing to me. Uh, a good fastball, mid 90s, uh, really nice changeup, and a slider that maybe can take another step to be more of a whiff heavy offering. That can add up, you know, and we haven't really seen a whole lot of Rogers so far. What that often means is over time, guys can get better. So I'm not going to ignore Trevor Rogers. I feel like he should be on your radar, not necessarily the guy you need to be drafting. Uh, but I'm in the guillotine league with 18 teams, and I'm wondering if Trevor Rogers is someone that I do want to to trust. So that is uh, that is like the coolest league, by the way. It's amazing. We've been talking about all the wacky leagues, but like the guillotine league, it's 18 teams. Every single week is a points league, and it erases the previous week. Whoever has the lowest point total is out of the league. And then we just do it again the next week where that team's entire roster goes into the waiver wire and we all bid. We have $1,000 the entire season. It's a crazy league. Uh, I'm just excited because that means after I lose the third week, I don't have to care about that league anymore. (laughs) But he gets... Okay, so Trevor Rogers gets the Cardinals the first week and that might be a very sneaky start hosted in Miami. Mm. Um, He does get the Braves after, followed by two against the Giants. So really save for the Braves. I'm not too terrified of those early matchups that can work out for trevor rogers uh so something to think about there and then what i agree with you i think you know it's they keep putting out these great pitchers sometimes they trade them for no reason uh but they keep showing that sometimes the system can be really beneficial in miami and i think that's that's important to know so i think he is kind of a fun flyer to take there uh what about josh lindblom yeah josh lindblom um well fast why did i put josh lindblom here I, I think it's the, you know the the excitement of some of the changes that he made in the offseason. He's got some nice breaking pitches uh, and we're, we're at the back end of the top 100. You in particular are looking for upside. And I think when you can combine upside with innings this late, that's usually going to be a benefit. He could get you a few wins. He's obviously, like I said, going to get you a good amount of innings. The four seam pairs really well, or at least the changes that he made with the four seam pair well with the curveball. There are, of course, warts. This is the back end of the top 100 command being one of them, but there's promise. Right, right. I mean, look, he had a 27% strikeout rate last year. Uh, I don't expect that again. But if he can lower his ERA from a five and change, uh, and which I think he certainly can, he'll get the innings, as you mentioned. So, yeah, yeah this is, uh, why not? Let's see what happens with Josh Lundblom. And the final two, TJ Antone and, and number 100, Rich Hill? Yeah, so TJ Antone, I know a lot of people I think are higher at the moment on Antone because Wade Miley doesn't look to be in the rotation to start the year and Antone would have it. There was a small injury scare with Antone as well. I think still, yeah, the uh, groin, yeah. But uh, I think he's okay from my understanding. Uh, TJ Antone, though, to me, uh, last year he was a streamer. I remember this so distinctly. Like, he was all set two weeks away from it. This is what happens when you're in September and you focus on starting pitchers and you're so into fantasy baseball. Like, okay. I see that the Reds are going to have a doubleheader on that Monday against the Pirates. They're going to need another starter. And that would be right in line with when TJ Antone will be ready. Okay. In two weeks, I'm going to get ready to roster TJ Antone for that one Monday. I was so excited. And then they threw him out there on Saturday against the Cardinals and he didn't do well. Hmm. And I was just so upset. 
And but that's the thing though. Antone was someone I was considering for that good matchup, not as oh, he's in the rotation. Great, I want to pick him up everywhere. And I still kind of feel that way where Antone isn't I don't think he quite has that consistency across his stuff yet. Really nice slider when it works and everything. It's just not quite enough that I would draft him and start him regularly yet. So just just be you know, be aware of Antone. Yeah, the Reds are, you know, they kind of have this weird type, and I think it's why they call him Spincinati, where like they have guys like him or Michael Lorenzen or even a Lucas Sims or an Amir Garrett or even Robert Stevenson, where they're like, oh, they've got this one or sometimes two pitches where you're like, oh, that's a dirty pitch, but can right. you not walk 17 guys? Um, so he's another one where it's like, I think I'm also, now that the community is so in love with him, I'm like, well, someone else can really kind of deal with that. And we also don't know if he's like, I mean, they showed that he's probably not going to be in the rotation if everyone's healthy, right? They right, showed yeah. that he's probably going to be a back end of the rotation guy. So uh, that that worries me a little bit, too, about, you know, if you spend a high draft pick and Wade Miley does come back, he clearly seems to be a part of their plans. But uh, that brings us to number 100, someone we might have forgotten about a little too much and sure. has looked pretty good in spring. He's on a great team, obviously, and, and that's Rich Hill. And I, I do want to mention really quickly on Anton. I'm sorry. Uh, ahead, yeah. Sinker, I uh, sub 50% zone rate, sub 20% O swing, sub 5% swing strike rate. It cost 233 on last year. Mm. It's not a good pitch. It, it just isn't. Slider was a strike getting offering at 57% zone rate and 19% swing strike rate and 60 WRC plus, but I'm not convinced that that pitch alone with a curveball that can get strikes. Uh, is enough so that that I just want you guys to understand what is the makeup of Anton because a lot of people might not really know definitely read mm. Michael Ahedo's article on it but yeah Rich Hill he still exists like, I feel like <laughs> every single year this is what happens though there are certain pitchers that are like oh yeah he exists Tyson Ross was one of them back in 2018 oh uh, wow Trevor Cahill as well was like oh yeah right he's doing things Annabelle Sanchez did things as they get old, you know, they're guys that like go through injuries and are getting up there in age that have had successful seasons that we just kind of forget about. I think, honestly, Chris Archer is another one I almost put at 100. Mm. But both of them have showcased a ceiling before. Rich Hill has pretty much not been bad when he's been starting. And despite me last year seeing him pitch at like 86 miles per hour and going, this is a ticking time bomb. And it never really came to fruition. Yeah. Uh, maybe it works. I mean, He's not getting younger, which you've heard 20 million times on podcasts like this one. But maybe he's still got a little bit of juice left in him. So good luck, Rich Hill. We're all counting on you. Yeah. And also, like, um, there's no doubts about it. Injury concern. But right. But when the when the floor is lowered or when the ceiling is lowered, I should say, in terms of how many people are going to get 180 innings and that being the new 200, as Eno said in the last podcast, if he gets you 120 innings, 100 innings and their quality cares about 120 innings mm. I, I just want him to do well for the first start of april <laughs> yeah good point you're not looking it's, for that it's, bulk it's at the back end yeah, yeah bulk bulk is something you find through the year like i, I this is what i've been what i've been trying to tell you about shohei otani fast mm-hmm. i don't care about the innings total with it once i've got my four guys across the other four roster spots i will find the total innings yeah i'm not like a lot of these all of them really i'm just like hey can i get them at some point and then have like a good 50 inning stretch with them during the year that that's if you're thinking of it like that you can oh man you can explode no i don't know if best way i don't know if trevor huth heard it the way you know he's listening right now i don't know if he heard it the way i heard it but i think what you just said is i don't care about 
and then you paused and then said Shohei Otani, um, which How is dare you. which How is dare true. You do this. Uh, I, I uh, cannot wait. I cannot <laughs> wait for Otani to be like just a, a amazing bomb. Yeah. And even here's the thing. We can both be right. Like he can have an amazing April and then be hurt and be done for the year. And I feel like that would be a win for me. And it would no. be you. Ah, yes. you're crazy you're crazy that would be a win for me that would be like a full month of like ace production you just got essentially for what uh, the 200th pick of your draft it, it'll all depend on where people take him right now he's up to like 160 in the draft so what? uh yeah I, I've, but I've also 180 in fantasy pros remember i will say you took him in elite in yahoo though which i think does knock his value having him as two different people well i mean i'm assuming the whole thing i'm talking about yeah is as two different people okay all yeah. right um well nick that was a fun one. It feels yeah. good to be back into the groove of just doing these top 100s. And this is, you know, I, th- I imagine next week we'll do a little bit of that and maybe dive into m- some of mine about what some of the changes yes. are in mine. Uh, yeah, that's what we're doing on Monday. That's what we're doing on Monday. And then we're going to get right back into the groove of things. Spring is here. Spring has sprung. It's been absolutely lovely. Uh, and we're, we're talking pitching every day. And that's great. But I think it's going to do it. I think it's going to yes. do it for episode number 250 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm your next host, Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week.